0: Coming up next on The Health Hustle.
1: I started taking pre-workouts, and I'm not going to say which pre-workout I took, but I probably took a little too much too, but I thought I was going to die. and It's funny because everyone I talk to has a pre-workout horror story, and a lot of people I talk to, I tell them I have a pre-workout company. They're like, no, I'm never doing a pre-workout again. But uh, I took this pre-workout. Heart started pounding, thought I was going to have a heart attack. My throat started closing up and I was like, I literally feel like I'm about to die. So I didn't know what to do. So I just walked out of the house I was living in and just like lay down in the yard. I was like, someone will find me here and save me. And then like two minutes later I started feeling better. So I like awkwardly got up and went back inside
0: i don't know how your reaction was to go lay down versus call somebody but you know to each their own yeah i don't know what i was thinking either
1: but the the that awkward getting up like yeah i'm I'm actually fine i didn't die today i'm actually fine i hope no one saw this (laughs) i'm gonna kind of slither back inside and hope no one saw
0: Hey, folks, and welcome to the Health Hustle of Austin, Texas. On this show, we uncover the big ideas from your fellow health and fitness entrepreneurs in the Austin, Texas area about how they built their business and the lessons they learned along the way. What's up, y'all? Corey here, and I apologize for the unique setup of this intro. I'm actually on vacation in Panama City, so bear with me. I actually got a chance for this episode to sit down with my good buddy, James Benefico, who is the owner of Organic Muscle. Some of the things that we get into on this episode are the benefits of networking, growing up as a fat kid, which you guys know that I can relate to, what to do when you're feeling lost, how James was able to lose 80 pounds by fasting the benefits of eating organic and something that I more recently adopted the moment he decided to start his supplement company which was a personal story with his mother which I thought that was a really interesting story the invisible council which was a lesson that he learned from the book think and grow rich how to use ambassadors to market your business and to grow your business the biggest mistake that he's made in his business mastering yourself and so much more One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, one of the most common reasons that I see this is not having a well-defined niche. If you go to the link in the description, I have a free three-step process that walks you through exactly how to get clarity on which niche is best suited for you and your business. Without further ado, let's go.
1: Why why did you have a booth at a dating event? Well, it was at a supplement store. It was like kind of a health-related dating event. (laughs) and they they asked me to come and I was like I actually made a ton of sales at that event I was like this will be fun let me just go and I there's a few people who are like subscribers and everything now so it was definitely worthwhile and then got to mingle a little bit did you meet anybody no okay (laughs) well well no one romantic but I made a lot of great connections yeah yeah Yeah.
0: that's cool (laughs) a way to mix it up yeah uh Well, welcome to the show, man. How you been? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Man,
0: I'm super excited. You're actually an entrepreneur that I admire in a lot of ways. A lot because you have an emphasis on staying true and consistent to something for so long. You've literally been doing this since 2014. And honestly, just like wanting to have an actual high quality product versus just make a buck. And I admire that in a lot of ways. So
1: Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And at the end of the day, it's just products i want to use yeah so it's a little selfish but yeah. i use most of the products on a daily basis and if i'm ingesting something every day i want it to be nutritious healthy clean all that so yeah i think,
0: I think that's the most fun part about just business in general nowadays is like the people that are just leaning into scratching their own itch of, like, it's something that they want in this world, whether it's a product or a service. And then they go out and create it because they realize that, like, it's something they're going to be using anyways. So I think that's the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. And I think you kind of need that if you're going to go through all the trials and tribulations for eight, nine years, like I have. If I didn't like the products or I didn't believe in it, I would have given up a long time ago.
0: Something I like that you guys do too is, and I don't know if this is a recent thing. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys can get a bit quirky or kooky with some of your marketing or some of your content that you guys put out there. Yeah. Some of them are hilarious.
1: Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, we like to have fun. Yeah. Well, in the in the fitness industry, there's a lot of amazing people in the fitness industry, but so many people take themselves so seriously. Like, they are, um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like, just very, like, how do you describe that? Just Intense. Intense. Like, yeah. I am God's gift to I'm humanity. Cool. I'm a bad-ass. I'm super cool. Yeah. yeah. So, we like to poke fun at that a little bit. We're just people and we're doing the best we can and we want to have a good time. So I think that is a little an sarcastic.
0: Advantage. Yeah. I think that is an advantage in the fitness space because like it can get a little bit I'm cool with like the dark lighting and look at like how awesome I am and how shredded I am, which is fine. That's great. Yeah. But I think there's an opportunity because of that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And it's like look, you're not the first person to have abs before, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is very it is an accomplishment to have abs. I will say that. Uh, It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of consistency, and uh, you should be proud of yourself, but we're still going to make fun of you. Uh, so let's
0: pull back a little bit. So let's go back to the origin days of James. So you grew up in New York for a short stint and then eventually found yourself in Connecticut. Yes. Correct. Yep. Um,
1: can you maybe just tell us a little bit about your upbringing in terms of Stanford, Connecticut? Sure. It was a, it was a great childhood. I have an amazing family. My parents are awesome. My sister's super cool. And, um, I grew up in an Italian family and on the East coast, we had our Belltown crew, which is like our neighborhood crew. And, you know, in high school, we'd smoke a lot of weed and eat sandwiches. And that combo put a lot of fat on my body and it was almost embraced. Like, it was like, how much can you eat? Like you're a real man. If you could eat a lot of carbs, pizza, pasta, sandwiches. we called them wedges. Was this your town or is this the fact that you're Italian? I think it's this, this East Coast Italian thing. I think in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and um, I embraced it. My nickname was actually the Gavone, which means it's kind of like a, a slob who eats a lot. <laughs> I was proud of it at the time, but in hindsight, it's a super embarrassing. But anyways, I got rather hefty in high school. I was eating all the time. And I remember I used to get home from hanging out with my friends drinking, and I would get home and I'd raid my fridge, and you know a French baguette it's like a foot long. I would cut it in half, a foot long thing, and make a sandwich. It must have been like an eight thousand calorie sandwich, so that was the beginning of my fitness journey. so you like to eat is what you're telling me yeah, I do, do. You still carry I love that? food i love no i I love food, yeah. I love food, and I cook almost every night. Um, Just my my interpretation of nutrition and food has has shifted, but my love is still there. I love cooking. I love seasonings. I love the smell of it. I just have a different paradigm about it.
0: Yeah, actually, I think one of the very first times we spent time together, you cooked me a meal, and it had some sort of parmesan something on there that was oh, just that amazing. was uh,
1: I made Burundi, Burundi, and, I, and rice. Yeah, it was yeah, amazing. It's, whatever it's a it was, sea bass. Yeah 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 thanks man i cook i cook every night if you really want to control what you eat if you go out to eat in restaurants unfortunately they're usually not using organic ingredients they're using a bunch of seed oils so and it's kind of sucks because in austin there's so much good food but if you're really particular about what you're ingesting it's best to cook you're familiar with ziki right ziki's great Yeah. yeah and that trend is spreading yeah yeah, the no th- seed oils. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: There's I think they have like four or five locations now because uh, there's somebody actually I just recently connected with in terms of partnering, rather through the podcast show or even the events that I've been running. Oh, nice. Is that they're very in line with all the people that I'm a part of anyway. So it just seems like it's a no brainer to be connected with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways. Okay. So a little bit of a chunky kid eating way too much food as you were growing up. Mm-hmm. Side note, do you
1: fold your pizza in half when you eat it? Hmm, that's a great question. I I like variety, so sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. That's I just kind of like a cop out. But I feel like it's a very
0: debatable topic, like two-fold or well, two fold. Well, you know, actually, a, a
1: great way to fold it is you don't fold it in half like this. You take the pointy end and fold it up like that, and then you get the mixture of crust and the cheesy part. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. I yeah. just literally
0: had a conversation with a girl about this recently about to fold or not to fold. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole ordeal. And I was kind of on the the side of not folding only because I want more bites in my pizza. Cause I just want to spend more time eating the pizza, but obviously it changes the flavor as well. So yeah. there's a lot to it.
1: There is. And uh, <laughs> that's one. I could be picky about certain things that that one doesn't bother me. Although I do have a, one of my best friends is Australian, one of the first times we were hanging out, we got some pasta and we we're eating, and he just whips out some packets of mayonnaise and just starts squirting mayonnaise all over his pasta, and I don't know why I'm still friends with him. It was just, I just, I can't accept that. That is bad, man. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah.
0: I've, I I used to hang out with a kid that used to eat his carrots with, ke- or uh, was it, no, mustard or ketchup? I can't remember. Either one. Either way, it was odd to me. Interesting. Yeah. But all right, back to you. So uh, <laughs> grew up kind of sounds like a little bit floundering as you were kind of growing up, like eating a lot of food, not really sure what you wanted to do. Eventually I was
1: lost. Yeah. I think a lot of young kids are lost. You're trying to find your way. Yeah. We had a lot of fun and I, I have amazing friends and amazing family. It's, it's just part of the journey. If I didn't have that experience of being, a uh, a chunky young man, Yeah, I wouldn't have a lot of the knowledge I have today.
0: Yeah. And I can definitely relate. I was definitely a chunky young man as well. So mm-hmm. you eventually found yourself in college though, going for history. Yes. Can we talk about what was the interest behind that and why did you decide to go that route?
1: I'm just fascinated by some of the characters in history and people who've overcome adversity and their triumphs. And I mean, just the bravery of taking an army into battle or something, it just blew my mind. So I was interesting and interested in it. But uh, majoring in history is not a good idea, people. <laughs> um, first of all, a lot of it is BS. And second of all, there's not much you could do with it. So uh, if you like history, study it on your own time. Anyways, uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was completely lost. Spr- spent college drinking, partying, getting even fatter, more lost. And it um, took me a while to find my way. side note on the history thing i
0: was in where was i was this like i don't know it was some museum it was basically a Genghis khan museum oh interesting and it was it was really interesting it was interesting to go around and see like all the memorabilia and all the information about Genghis khan and but the entire time that i was walking around this museum i couldn't help but think how much of this is complete bullshit (laughs) yeah
1: yeah right it's so long ago, especially history from that time period. Like it's so long ago and a lot of it, they, they take it from, there's some primary documents, but a lot of the history is from secondary or even further down the road documents. It's people writing about someone else writing about it, you know? So lots, a lot of it's BS. And then there's a certain agendas that they might try and manipulate history to push a certain agenda. So you just don't know. Don't know, and anyone who talks about it like they know for certain. But what I will say is that there's certain things that don't add up, there's certain structures around the world that don't make sense from the conventional historical narrative, they're kind of unexplainable. So,
0: Hmm. yeah,
1: that's always been my
0: dilemma with it, just in general, is that if anyone's ever played the game Telephone you can very quickly tell that when you tell one story to the next person, how jumbled it gets Yeah. to think that the yeah. correct information has somehow traveled tens if oftentimes hundreds of thousands of years. And it's accurate. It's like, there's no way. Yeah. Like, it just seems impossible to me. Yeah. Just knowing human nature. Yeah. Not what Anyways, I digress. <laughs> so how, what, how did you eventually find yourself into the fitness space then? So at this point you're in college eating way too much food, partying drinking. Where did you go next?
1: Well, there were a few events that were very transformative for my thinking and my outlook on life, and that gradually got me into the fitness industry. Um, The first major one was my mom getting cancer, and she got very sick. Um, She was doing radiation and chemo. Um, It actually started as a not-so-bad, if there is such a thing, a not-so... The prognosis wasn't as bad for her original type of cancer, She started getting chemo and within like a month or two, it just escalated and it became stage four large B cell lymphoma. And, um, I'll never forget being in the hospital with her. She has no hair. Her eyebrows are gone. She's sickly. And we're sitting there and the nurse comes in the room with her dinner for the night. And it's a hot dog and a soda. I'm like, are you kidding me now? I'm a fat kid at this time. I don't, it's not like I'm a nutritionist or a naturopath. I really don't know, but just intuitively I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good idea for a sick person. So the doctor came in and I was like, is there any way we could feed her something healthier? This doesn't seem like a healthy meal for a cancer patient. And he was super dismissive. And he was like, <laughs> he literally laughed at me. He goes, it doesn't matter what they eat. And those words, I think of those words almost every day. It doesn't matter what they eat. Yikes. And that was a huge wake-up moment. When my mom was sick, I started learning a lot more about nutrition and the role nutrition, nutrition plays in disease. And the interesting thing is that Western medicine is really amazing for certain things, but nutrition is barely taught to doctors. And, you know, the institu- a lot of these medical institutions actually have an incentive for keeping people sick. right. Yeah. Keeping them in that system. As somebody who comes from the healthcare industry, I'm very blatantly aware
0: of how broken the system is, which is totally Mm -hmm. why I got out of it. But thanks for sharing that. That's crazy. That's, that's actually, it doesn't matter what she eats. Like (laughs) (laughs) what?
1: Yeah. By the way, this doctor, no offense, but he was one of the most unhealthy looking people. My mom who had stage four cancer and they had given her six months to live looked healthier than this, this guy. He, you know, very overweight, zits all over his face, whatever. But he clearly didn't understand nutrition at all. And this is at an Ivy league oncology department. Yeah. Supposedly one of the best, right? So, um, but on the flip side, my mom ended up surviving and it was very miraculous, not from the chemo or radiation. She ended up going to a different hospital when she had run out of options and she did an exploratory stem cell transplant. Wow. And, um, it was probably one of the hardest moments of my life saying bye to her as she was going into that procedure. Cause it's like 50% you die during the procedure. And then it's like another 25% chance you die in the next couple months. What? Yeah, it is. It's, it's really crazy. Do you know what a stem cell transplant is? It's, they take the stem cells from a donor and it basically, my mom's, All of her cells are now the cells of her donor, Jacob, the guy who essentially saved her life, but it's so risky because your immune system can attack the new cells and it can be like a civil war in your body and it's called graft first host disease. So my mom has had a lot of difficulties with that since, since her transplant, but I mean, it's a miracle. She's still with us and she's doing very well, all things considered. Hmm. That's crazy, man. So what did that start to look like for you in your own life
0: then? So you had this kind of breaking moment where you realize nutrition is actually an important aspect of your life. Were there certain things that you started doing in your own personal life to kind of start taking care of yourself?
1: Well, I started taking a hard look in the mirror about my own weight and my own condition. And it definitely started the process of me going to the gym more and taking health more serious. And I started changing the foods I was eating. There was another event that really really kickstarted my weight loss as well you know my friend my australian friend who eats pasta with mayonnaise Mm -hmm. well ironically he was the one who told me that i was a fat ass (laughs) can't make this up
0: (laughs) (laughs) and if anybody can see you and they're watching not listening right now you're a very fit jacked fellow so go on
1: (laughs) well i was a fat ass at this time thank you by the way yeah um so ironically he told me that and I got so mad. I got. I was like, who the heat he is pasta with mayo? Who is he to tell me I'm a fat? <laughs> but a couple of nights later, I was looking in the mirror. And I was like, you know what? I am kind of fat. Mm. And I don't feel good. I'm low energy. I'm like drinking beer and eating, eating crap. And that combined with everything my mom had been going through, I just like... I was like, all right, when I go in on something, I go all in. Same. So I started fasting, doing like 72-hour fasts. Okay, I, not that extreme, but okay. <laughs> yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little... So in, in
1: hindsight, um, I would have done things differently, but I'm yeah, glad yeah. things happened the way they did. Sure. Because fasting is good because you, you're exercising that muscle of discipline. Totally. And I finally exerted some form of control over my environment and it helped me establish healthy eating habits. Um, and I was able to gradually shed almost 80 pounds. So dude, That's kind of a slippery slope though. I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong,
0: but it seems like you kind of got lucky in a lot of ways because that sounds like a recipe for an eating disorder. You know what I mean? To go from this overeating chunky person to just not eating at all. That's a slippery slope.
1: It it definitely can be, but it wasn't like I was doing um, those 72-hour fast constantly. Mm. I did several of them, and it kickstarted my journey. What even gave you the idea to do a 72-hour fast in the first place? Uh, Just
0: doing research on the benefits of fasting. Okay, so you just knew fasting was a way to lose weight, and you were like, all right, I'm going to give this thing a go.
1: Yeah, and I think it was a big mental thing for me, too. I wanted to prove to myself that I could control what I was doing, what I was what I was consuming.
0: Did you have any issues at all with any of the fasting stuff or were you weight training as well?
1: Yeah, okay. I was insane. I was doing like CrossFit while on a 70- 70, terrible idea, but I didn't, I didn't know at the time. Right. Um, yeah, I did have some side effects from it. Um, didn't feel great sometimes, but adding salt water, like supplementing electrolytes, I learned later on and that helps a lot when you're fasting. Hmm. I don't do fast like that anymore. I'll do 24 hour fast and maybe three times a year, I'll do a 48 hour fast. Right. Um, and there's, there's a lot of evidence that it can boost your HGH levels and, and different things like that. But, uh, it's just a good reset. I found it's a good gut reset. I'm a huge proponent of it. And I'm also, I want to just asterisk this real
0: quick for people listening, because I also understand though, that being a male is actually
1: a big proponent. Of for that. sure.
0: Absolutely. Cause doing one. it as a female, there's a, it's not as simple and it's not as easy and there's a lot of hormonal issues. So a hundred
1: percent. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a different ballgame. Right. Because it's very trendy.
0: It's something I do regularly. I get a lot of benefit from it. But there are certain people where it's like, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, yeah. that will mess you up a little bit. So
1: Yeah. And, you know, my beliefs on nutrition have actually evolved quite a bit over the years. I still hold uh, a lot of the same principles about consuming the highest quality organic foods that you possibly can. But I used to do very low carb. And it did have some benefits for me, but now I'm at a stage in my life where I'm training extremely hard and frequently, and um, I'm lower body fat, and I'm having a lot of success with a medium carb diet. So I think, like anything in life, your beliefs should evolve, you should experiment with different things, try different things, and then you can garner some wisdom from your experiences.
0: Yeah. I can relate in a lot of ways. Mine has evolved too. I've done the keto. I've done the low carb stuff. I've found though, just from purely from a performance standpoint that I need carbs, man. Yeah. My energy goes to trash if I don't have carbohydrates in my diet. But. Yeah.
1: I also look a little flat. Like when I'm eating carbs, my muscles are more full. And, um, when I'm not, you just, I'm leaner, but from a, an aesthetic viewpoint, it's not as it's not preferable for me. Probably within the last maybe three or four months now, maybe a little bit more
0: than that. I've been pretty much on the primarily meat and fruit, occasional dairy, honey kind of diet yeah. right now. And I would say I'm probably in the best shape of my life just purely from that diet.
1: I noticed, dude, it's incredible. Meat and fruit is such a, It's it works for a lot of people. And I I do meat and fruit to a degree. I also will do some sweet potatoes and rice sometimes. Same. But um, I'm having an awesome time with it. I feel great. I used to get uh, tired at night and wouldn't be able to like work. Now I'm like, yep. same typing away. Same late night. If I was to
0: measure my testosterone levels, I would have to guess they're a little bit higher than they were purely from this diet, honestly. And even from the thing that you got me on is that I wasn't necessarily that hardcore about organic. And then I think we went on a walk with nolly one of these days or Noli one of these mm-hmm. days. And It was one of like the pillars of things that you talk about of like the main things that people can be doing that would just help
1: with general overall health. I remember organic was a big piece of that. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, I have a friend named Craig. He's a power lifter, like pretty world-class. Like he works with some of the best power lifters in the world. And his wife was trying to convince him to eat a cleaner diet. And he was like, you know, that's, that's BS. I'm trying to get strong, like trying to get big and strong. And finally, she convinced him. So he said, "All right, I'm gonna keep all the same foods, the same macros. I'm just gonna switch my meat to to grass-fed and wild caught, and all my produce to organic." Lost lost an inch off his waist. His all of his lifts went up like ten or fifteen percent. He had nonstop energy, and this guy was like the biggest doubter, and now he is like. Now he's like an apostle of the organic (laughs) lifestyle because he, he experimented as we were saying, he tried it out and he did a compare and contrast. I look better. I feel better. I'm stronger.
0: I'm a living example of that. Literally after our conversation, I leaned into that, and I can tell you without question, I've noticed a difference. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I'm a big proponent of that as well. So what about your personal story then in regards to eventually starting the supplement company? I mean, so you were overweight, you're starting to lose weight, you're doing the fasting thing, you're getting in shape, and I'm assuming you probably were taking some supplements at this point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So part of that was hitting the gym, trying to get fit. So I started taking pre-workouts, and... I'm not going to say which pre-workout I took, but I probably took a little too much too, but I thought I was going to die. and It's funny because everyone I talk to has a pre-workout horror story. And a lot of people I talk to, I tell them I have a pre-workout company. They're like, no, I'm never doing a pre-workout again. But uh, I took this pre-workout. Heart started pounding. thought I was going to have a heart attack. My throat started closing up. And I was like, I literally... Feel like i'm about to die so i didn't know what to do so i just walked out of the house i was living in and just like lay down in the yard i was like someone will find me here and save me and then like two <laughs> minutes later i started feeling better so i like awkwardly got up and went back inside
0: <laughs> i don't know how your reaction was to go lay down versus call somebody but you know
1: to each their own
0: yeah <laughs> i don't know what i was do either
1: but the the <laughs> that awkward getting up like yeah, I I'm, I'm actually fine. I didn't die today. I'm actually fine. I hope no one saw this. <laughs> I'm going to kind of slither back inside and hope no one saw. But anyways, that got the mental juices flowing. And uh, I was talking to my dear friend Colin, who sadly passed away, about it. And he was like, man, look at the ingredients in there. It's a bunch of trash. And it really got my mind flowing. And I was like, what if there was a pre-workout that was actually nutritious and healthy? that gave you the energy, the stamina, the pump, but actually nourished your body, and it didn't make you jittery and have heart palpitations and all these side effects. And I just became obsessed with that idea. I was like, why has no one else done this? This was eight years ago, no one else had done it yet. And people often ask me the, who wanna get into entrepreneurship and start a business, and they're trying to figure out what, which business idea to go with. I'm like, it's gotta be one you become obsessed with. You can't sleep. Because you have to become that obsessed to tear tear an idea apart and look at it from every different angle and actually see if it's viable. I literally couldn't sleep. I was thinking about it so much. uh, Or maybe it was just because you had too much pre-workout from the other stuff. (laughs) Oh, I didn't think of that. That (laughs) I was still jacked up.
0: Still pumping through (laughs) my veins. I can't can't go to sleep. (laughs) I
1: was was tweaking, man. Man, you just changed my entire origin story. Oh, my God. (laughs) I never thought of that. Um. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) But uh, that level of obsession is required, and that's why it's also important to create a product that you believe would benefit you as well, something that you want, something that you want to use. Yeah. What was the first, like, iterations of something
0: like this then? Like, because this this is a world that I'm sure a lot of people have no idea about or even dabble into. Like, what does that even mean to start a supplement company? Like, what the hell did you do?
1: Yeah, it's, it was challenging because there had never been a certified organic pre-workout before. So I had to figure out not only how to make a pre-workout, but I had to figure out how to take this to the department of agriculture and get an organic certification, you know? Yeah. So I just, again, I was obsessed and I started talking to different nutritionists and naturopaths and getting kind of learning about what ingredients would work well, what would work synergistically with each other. then I found an organic manufacturer partnered with them and we started formulating it and sourcing the ingredients. And then um, they had connections with the department of agriculture And we were able to streamline that process and get our formula approved. And, uh, you know, one of the things with starting a supplement company, too, is it can take some time to get your formula right. I started eight years ago. I would say only in the last four years. It's always been a good product, but we've every batch, we improve it. And it's difficult to make a bunch of organic herbs taste good, like delicious. So you tweak the formula, you tweak the flavoring. And it's like lots of trial and error. And eventually you have a great product. I'm sure your
0: products are stores from all over the world, but where do you actually produce and like put all these ingredients together?
1: Um, Southern California.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what's the reason for that? You just know a manufacturer out there? We've worked with the
1: same manufacturer since we started. We have a great relationship and they're in Southern Cali.
0: What was the first product like? Like when you first decided to go to market, like... What was the feedback that you got? What was the product even like? Do people like it? Like, how are you getting the word it out It worked really well. Okay. It was
1: really effective and it, it did the job and it didn't make people jittery and have heart palpitations, which was the main goal, but it kind of tasted like crap. So the challenge then became making this taste better. And we, we succeeded in that. It tastes pretty damn good right now.
0: And were you figuring this out because you were just asking customers and you were giving free product? Were you doing like trial runs? Like, how did you figure some of that stuff out?
1: No, you, I mean, for, especially for certified organic products, you have to order a lot. Like if you're a non-organic product, you can, there's some manufacturers you could start with a hundred units, you know, and just, but we didn't have that, that luxury. So it was go big or go home. How did you get the capital to do this from my dear friend, John? Um, he believed in the the project, the idea and how he helped me finance it. And this is just a buddy of yours. Yeah. He's like my best friend. Okay. Yeah. So he was our angel investor that got the project off the ground. And my father also invested a bit and there was several other small investors, but it was mainly my friend, John.
0: What were some of the major hiccups that you guys ran into from like initially getting the product to market?
1: Well, our labels were terrible to start. Um, so, I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing when I saw, I was 24, 25, a history major, studying fake history and, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what I was doing. But uh it is the greatest education ever is starting a business cuz you figure things out. You either figure things out or you fail. Yeah. So, I had to figure a lot of these things out. So, um and then a challenge Always a challenge is getting your product in front of a lot of people, marketing, traffic, all those things. So it was a process of figuring that out. Um, one of our early successes was on Amazon. Since we were the first organic pre-workout, we were able to kind of carve a niche on Amazon, and we got a lot of great reviews. We have almost 5,000 reviews now, but getting those early reviews, Amazon, for all of its issues, prov- can provide a great opportunity for new businesses. It is a tough nut to crack, but if you can if you could get there and get your reviews established and nice listings, it's a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, because they bring the customers for you. I want to pull real quick on the fact of the skills I've loved most from some of the other business owners and entrepreneurs that I've talked to is tenacity and resourcefulness Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: i feel like those are the two biggest things that i see again and again and again is that people that are just willing to work really hard consistently on something and to be resourceful enough to just figure out all the obstacles along the way like if you can do those two things for a long enough period of time like you're gonna eventually find some success i couldn't
1: agree more yeah Yeah, it's resourcefulness is like it's everything totally it's everything
0: totally so okay so you were on amazon you were starting to get some Traction, gaining some customers because people are finding the products. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the other things you were doing to actually get the word out about the products or what have you found um, to be successful?
1: Um, influencers and brand ambassadors. We have an amazing team of brand ambassadors and we've been very blessed for partnering with people because there's a lot of supplement companies out there, but we found that people who are really into organic food and like, they believe it, they, they're true, their hearts in it. They kind of gravitate towards us. Over other companies because it's in alignment with who they are. So we were able to get some really awesome brand ambassadors on early that helped spread the word.
0: Yeah, I saw your team page or your ambassador page, and there's a lot of names on there. You have yeah. a lot of like athletes and BMX and like all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, like uh, yeah, like Olympians. Yeah. We have like a, a national arm wrestler. All kinds of crazy sports.
0: <laughs> Wild. So. Uh, odd question, but do you, with other supplement companies out there, do you have any, I don't know, bad beef or any weird relationships with any of the other supplement companies out there?
1: No, no, not at all. It's all been, uh, I think it's a friendly competition. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, That's Yeah, kidding. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. I don't know. I just feel like there could yeah. be just, like, knowing I've I've had a couple
1: awkward encounters, but it wasn't, like, beef. It was more, like... One that sticks out was when I, f- no, I won't get into it. <laughs> you can share Go for it. Uh, it was just an awkward encounter with someone who maybe felt a little threatened by our company, mm. but I don't take it personally. I understand how it is. I also think too, it's understanding that there's
0: space for everybody in so many yeah. ways is like you guys are unique to everybody else out there and everyone's kind of unique in their own way, hopefully. And if they're not, then well, that's kind of their own problem, but yeah,
1: the, the market has shifted drastically since COVID because everyone has started sup. I mean, so many new supplement companies came out. And if you look at the price of ads for various supplements, I mean, they skyrocketed. It's been a challenging period for a variety of reasons. I mean, the cost of goods has gone up quite a bit. Our costs have gone up by like 20% at least. And, um, the markets got more competitive, but I mean, that's the game. That's the game. It's competitive and it forces you to level up. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. So in regards to some of the lessons
0: learned and stuff, uh, I know you have uh, a personal relationship with the book Think and Grow Rich. Is there principles from that book that you feel like you've been able to bring some of your business entrepreneurship
1: ventures? You know, it's interesting. One of my favorite concepts from Think and Grow Rich is this concept of the invisible council. Are you familiar with this one? mm hmm so, the Invisible Council is a meditative exercise. And you're instructed to kind of, at night, you sit down, close your eyes, and you envision a table. And around that table are the most inspirational people from your life or from history, dead or alive. And basically, you have a council with them and you discuss your problems and potential solutions. And you meditate on what their input would be. To your situations um and it's a really cool exercise and I've used it over the years but the other day I was thinking maybe I could have chat GPT <laughs> take on the voice of my invisible council so I plugged in uh, some people I like some a variety of voices and it's chat GPT you're my invisible council you're made up of Ed Milette. And Russell Brand and <laughs> a variety of people. Uh, Did you tell ChatGPT that? Yeah. Okay, go on. And I posed certain questions, and ChatGPT goes, "I am now your invisible council." I'm, and then, but in the, it's creepy how authentic the voice sounds, talking as these various characters and addressing the problem I brought up to them, and it was a really cool exercise. So. It's interesting. If y'all want to try it out, I recommend it. It's interesting, at least. And it, I found it helpful hearing from people you really love, addressing your personal problems.
0: Did you have any breakthrough moments or any insights for us that you got from when you did that?
1: Yeah, I was having a tough day when I did that. I was, It was just one of those days, you know? And there wasn't a specific insight, but it, it was like, it was basically saying that this is all part of the process. Like it just helped me get through the day way and i'm sorry i don't have a better example of like this profound insight again but it was just a really cool exercise
0: <laughs> yeah you're now the second person that's talked to me just recently about almost using it as you call it a council but i've heard it also uses just basic consulting Is mm-hmm. i've heard a number of people now talk about they just go back and forth with it to help them work through their thoughts and their ideas in the same way that you'd be having a conversation with me and you right now yeah. or some expert in the space that you're trying to learn on is that you just start a conversation with it and you consult back and forth and eventually it helps you work through the problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible resource for that. Wild. Okay. I can't wait to have it implanted in my brain. Stop. Just kidding. Please don't. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so this is off. This can be a difficult question, but maybe not. So what's maybe the most expensive mistake you've ever made in your business. And that could be emotionally or monetarily.
1: over-expanding, growing too fast. Um, a lot of companies get into trouble with this. They have uh, some early initial. initials. Se- pre- I started with a pre-workout, right? And it was doing really well. So I was like, I am a business mastermind. I am unstoppable. Let me launch seven more products. And like <laughs> four of them failed. They didn't, they didn't fail, but they didn't do great. And uh, this caused a cash flow disaster. We were doing great, and then all of a sudden, we spent so much money. It's a lot of money to successfully launch a product. Especially an organic product. or An organic product. We have high order minimums. And then you have to get label designers. You have to create the listings. It's so much time and energy. You have to get product photography. You have to do marketing. Everything. Very expensive and time-consuming. So one of my biggest mistakes is not being more careful. Well, you have to take risks in business and you kind of don't know if a product's going to work until you launch it or not. But I was just kind of gunning from the hip and that was a mistake. I should have been a little more, I should strategic growth. Have you ever
0: been in moments like back against the wall? Like you're going to go bankrupt?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, what? Okay. Can you mind sharing like what happened and what you did?
1: Well, those moments can actually be some of the best moments for you because you learn what you're made of and you find your resourcefulness, right? But um, yeah, this business, you have to make massive expenditures for inventory, sometimes a couple hundred thousand dollars at a time. So your bank account can be looking pretty and then you buy, a, you stock up on inventory for the year and there's, there's no more money. So it that can be an ongoing cash flow challenge. But we were just able to raise raise the money and pay off the debt. And yeah, that was our solution to that one. What's
0: a perfect scenario for you moving forward with Organic Muscle? Like what, what would be the situation where in, in your business you're like, okay, I feel good. Things look great. Like everything's flowing, going nicely. Like what does that look like for you?
1: It looks like a wider audience. Luckily the demographics are on our side because the trend for organic consumption of organic goods, is just like skyrocketing and growing every year. So my goal is to make it one of the largest supplement companies in the country. And you're the sole owner of this business, uh, John and myself. Okay. And that's yeah. the investor that helps. Yeah. out.
0: Okay. I hope so, man. I mean, It's, uh, it's, it's, it feels like a bit of a niche product, right? Like an organic supplement product with all clean ingredients. I got to imagine that, yeah, there's got to be continued opportunity for growth for you guys for moving forward.
1: Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. And, uh, we have something in the pipeline that I think could potentially be our biggest product ever
0: because of what the product is and just like what the market wants. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming you can't share. Not right now. Okay. (laughs) Soon enough. Teaser teaser for the crowd. So I have a round of rapid fire questions for you. it's the first right. thing that comes to mind. What's your best business advice?
1: It sounds cliche, but don't give up. Uh, entrepreneur is filled with challenges and failures and you have to develop tough skin and you have to learn how to take them on the chin. And I mean, you really learn what you're made of. And I, I've grown into a much stronger person through this process of being repeatedly punched in the chin and kicked in the balls. But um, you can't give up. We were talking about before there's often gold right on the other side of a failure. So just push through.
0: Totally. Ray Dalio calls it another one of those. You just keep spiraling upwards every time it
1: happens. Yeah.
0: Totally. What's your best marketing advice?
1: Best marketing advice. Own your voice, like find your niche and speak to those people authentically.
0: Organic supplement people. What's your favorite part about entrepreneurship?
1: Um, controlling my destiny. When are you the most productive? Early in the morning. How early? Five thirty. Oof, that's
0: pretty early. Who is
1: your inspiration? I've got a few. I've got a few. I look up to Ed Milet a lot. I like him. Uh, my mom's a huge inspiration to me. Just watching her, her battle through cancer and come out the other side. Really, it's people who have uh, overcome challenges.
0: Totally. Ed Milet has a podcast show. You probably knew that though. Yeah. Who is your or uh, sc- excuse me? Tell me one ce- secret or something most people don't know about you.
1: I. Uh, <laughs> you want an embarrassing story? Please. Okay. Um, I used to date this girl, and I took her to see Theo Vaughn, who was my favorite comedian. And we went to the show, and we ended up partying with Theo after the show. (laughs) Long story short, Theo ended up with her. What? Theo stole my girl. No. Bummer. I was like, damn, Theo. Did Did you
0: just meet this girl? Was she a new first date we were actually
1: friends for a while and we had like started dating it wasn't serious but man sorry to hear that man i couldn't even listen to his podcast anymore no i bet no (laughs) i forgive you theo it's all good (laughs) uh but it was great she came over like so i don't even know if i should tell a story go for it (laughs) she so she all right we don't have to use names so I went with ho- home with her that night, and then she came over a couple nights later, and I'm playing Theo Vaughn clips on the TV, and she starts crying. I'm like, "Darling, why are you crying?" She goes, "I gotta tell you something." The night after, we all hung out. I hung out with Theo one on one, and it got intimate. <laughs> <laughs> like are you kidding me oh man (laughs) thank you for. he's a a charismatic dude i understand i I was also this is when i was fat is he though i I don't know man he's a funny dude
0: he's funny charismatic though i don't know man he's i feel like i've seen him enough times on joe rogan or whatever i don't know if he's charismatic he's he's goofy
1: girls like to laugh man
0: I get that. Actually, I was at a comedy show. This was a while ago. And I remember like they were joking, but it was sort of true. How many comedians get into comedy just because they essentially want to pick up chicks. They like girls, like funny guys. So they go and try to get good at comedy and try to pick up chicks. And there's some truth to that. Uh, I might have to
1: try that. I
0: guess as long as like, that's not, I don't know. I feel like it's a bad reason to get into comedy.
1: Oh, it's the worst. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the same
0: as like, I'm going to get a dog to pick up chicks. It's like, a bad reason to get a dog yeah like so i don't know i I don't know
1: human evolution has been driven by a lot of guys seeking greatness so they can get more women (laughs) or get a woman yeah Yeah.
0: that's true man i mean it is a huge motivator i mean i guess at our most primitive
1: reproduction is one of the primary motivators for a lot of the actions humans take Uh, yeah subconsciously or consciously
0: yeah probably most because like, man, if you want to get deep with it at our most base level, it's all rooted in fear, but the fear is like fear of death or fear of like not finding somebody or fear of like not passing on your DNA. So like, yeah, in a lot of ways it is reproductive and not wanting to die.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: At our our most base human level, it's like, I don't want to die and I want to pass on my DNA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At at our base level. Yeah. Anyways,
0: we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that one. Uh, What would you change about yourself?
1: I wish I had the ability to focus for longer periods of time, like focus on tasks for hours on end without distraction. And it's something I'm working on um, with technology and social media. I actually figured out my biggest pet peeve in the world is getting distracted when I'm trying to focus. And we live in a world filled with distractions. So I'm trying to navigate that. What have you found works for you? Freaking putting my phone in a different room.
0: Throwing it on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like phone off and as far away from me as humanly possible is mandatory.
1: It's mandatory. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause left to our own devices, you can't stop touching that damn thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I agree. What's one app speaking of what's one app or
1: resource that
0: you're using right now?
1: I just started using notion and I really like it. It's been great for organization for yourself, for your business. For both. Yeah. Um, I've used a lot of different apps over the years. And this is the one that I feel like has the best flow. Yeah. And uh, I'm, it's increasing my productivity. When were you the happiest? There's been a few trips I've been on where I felt, you know, pure bliss, but I also traveling the world is obviously an amazing experience, but I feel a different type of bliss when I'm like in a flow state working on my business and seeing success and hearing stories from customers. I've heard some really miraculous stories about our products changing people's lives and that makes me really happy. I bet. Yeah. What you just recently had a trip, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I went down to Columbia.
0: That must've been a pretty happy moment for you.
1: Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. The thing I like about Columbia too, is the food is clean. You could taste the difference when you eat fruit, when you eat meat, down in South America, it is like you could tell it's grown without the crap that we use in the United States. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. What's your favorite part about Austin, and you can't say the people? Uh, the music and the comedy, for sure. Amazing comedy scene, besides Theo <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Um, I love the comedy scene here, and so many amazing music artists come.
0: Yeah, I recently had Lee Acrely, He's very involved in the music industry on the show. And he was talking about how it's just profound how many all-star type musicians there are here in town that could be crushing it somewhere else, but they just like being in Austin.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just a hub for talent. Yeah, of all forms even. like All
0: forms. Music, creators, business, comedy, jujitsu. Fitness.
1: Yeah, fitness. It's There's wild. so many fitness influencers runners
0: running scene here is ridiculous yeah uh so i have one last question before Mm -hmm. i ask the question though i just want to acknowledge you man for a lot of things for getting out of a dark spot of being a chunky fat kid and finding yourself into the fitness industry for staying consistent with a business since 2014 which is i feel like so unheard of in so many ways that people give up so much earlier than that for staying true to having clean products, for connecting with a lot of other awesome athletes and influencers to grow the brand and for showing up today.
1: Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you too as a friend. And I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast and your, the health and fitness entrepreneur meetups are so awesome. Yeah. It's, you're a Good, man.
0: Thanks, man. Likewise, I feel the same way. So before I ask my last question though, what's your plug? Where can people find you?
1: Yeah, check us out, organicmuscle.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. We we offer awesome fitness tips and nutrition advice on there. And then we have amazing organic supplements, the cleanest energy you've ever had. And you can follow me at James Benefico on Instagram or at organic underscore muscle.
0: And you guys, that product you just showed, that's like a single serving one. That's newer, yeah, we right? just
1: came out with new single serving packs. Right. Yeah, so it's... handy take it on the go just rip it open pour it in your blender bottle
0: one one a few clean supplement companies out there that's for damn sure so my last question is it's really whatever your best piece of advice is to your younger self or anyone else if they were to go back to 2014 you were just starting organic muscle and you were to have a conversation with whether you or anybody else in that situation and they were asking like what do i do man What's maybe your best piece of advice you'd give to them?
1: Master yourself. Master, become masterful in certain aspects of your life. Fitness, go all in. Mm. Marketing, studying marketing, go all in. And relationships, build relationships.
0: Fitness, relationships, and marketing. I feel like you just rounded up my life in a nutshell. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) it, yeah. Literally. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Cool man, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. She got that tattooed on you. Not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Corey.
0: Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you, and that would be to check on my three tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday, specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters, and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get In your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling, my friends.